The word of the Lord, again from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 begins, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, all gathered here this morning, those of you joining through our cable broadcast or through our live streaming, and a special word to those who may be watching from uh, formerly known as the Lutheran Home, now Wellspring Lutheran Services. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. The Spirit. The same Spirit that Jesus promised to his followers who would be another helper a comforter, a counselor. The same spirit who on this particular day the church has traditionally acknowledged and celebrated, so to speak, Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, that it was this same spirit that is the one who led Jesus out into the wilderness. In fact, Mark uses the phrase who drove him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, this same spirit who is given in miraculous fashion beginning with the day of Pentecost is the same spirit that is with each and every one of us. And so if you've been following with our congregation's reading of the book Believe and this particular chapter on spiritual gifts, we were given the opportunity to consider the question, what is my spiritual gift? What gifts and abilities has God given me and how can I use them to serve him and to serve others? We'll be making use of the sermon outline provided in your worship folder. And without any uh, slides this morning, I would invite you, if you would be so inclined, to find 1 Corinthians 12 in your pew Bible or, or on your device, however you choose to do that. I will be making use of the uh, ESV, but I know many of our, our pew Bibles are in the New International Version, NIV, or, or some other version as well. But you may want to have both of those things available to you. So what is it when you hear the word, the gifts of the Spirit, or spiritual gifts, what is it that comes to your mind? And those of you who did read or hear that question this week, what is my spiritual gift? What was your first reaction? What has been your reaction to that question in the past? You'll notice that I've got written down on our sermon outline the word charismata which is what our English translates as spiritual gifts. 
And that word, although a Greek word, is one that has given rise to, as you can probably recognize, a number of our English words. Someone who has charisma, we say. Someone who has that dynamic personality who is engaging and so forth. That charisma. And then we might think also of the term charismatic. And perhaps we've heard of what has been referred to as the charismatic movement within the Christian church. Again, these deriving from this word charismata, which literally translated means gifts of grace. Gifts of grace. The word charis being the word for grace. Gifts of grace. And yes, it is used here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in other places where Paul addresses the topic of spiritual gifts. But we should point out this, that that word charismata, the gifts of grace, are not only used, that word is not only used of those spiritual gifts in that sense. But take, for example, a passage like Romans 6, 23. Now, boys and girls who go to St. Lawrence School... Your legacy verses have Romans 6.23. And I'm not sure exactly what grade level it is that you are asked to memorize this verse. Perhaps at third grade? I'm not sure. But Romans 6.23 says this. For the wages of sin is death. But what? The free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. That's that word charismata being used there for the free gift. Not specifically of a spiritual gift. But of the gift of salvation. Eternal life which is given to all believers in Christ. And so it's important to recognize how words can be used in different ways on different occasions. Now here though. We deal specifically with this concept of spiritual gifts, charismata, the charismatic movement that God works in and through his spirit in the church. And one thing that should be noted is that in every discussion where Paul addresses the spiritual gifts, like here in 1 Corinthians 12, he does so making use of the analogy of the body of Christ. And he uses that for a very specific purpose. Hence the title of this message. Unity in diversity. You see Paul's overwhelming point when he talks about the spiritual gifts is that first of all we need to be aware of the fact that there is unity in the body of Christ. There is only one body of Christ. And Christ himself is the head. But now within that body, of course, just as in the human body, there are many members. And each member plays a different role, a different function, a different purpose. And so there is the unity of the body body But there is also the diversity of its members. If either one of those gets out of balance, unfortunately, 
there often follows divisions and confusion and difficulties even within the church. So, having said all that, what is your spiritual gift? Whether you had opportunity to to think about that during this week's reading or whether this is the first that you've heard the question, our reading from today makes it clear. God gives spiritual gifts. And in those first few words, you'll notice of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 4, it says, now there are varieties of gifts. There are varieties of service. And there are varieties of activities. I think the NIV says different kinds there. Already from the beginning, it is being laid out that the way in which the Holy Spirit works in his body is varied and many. And although there are, in fact, lists of gifts that are given in 1 Corinthians 12, another place, Romans chapter 12, and Ephesians chapter 4, those are really the three New Testament passages that speak specifically about such spiritual gifts and even give examples of such gifts. But even though there are such lists, sometimes we as Christians can get ourselves into difficulties if we try to limit the Holy Spirit to say that this list of gifts given in Scripture is the one and only exhaustive list of gifts that God may give to his people. Randy Frazee, in the video teaching for this week, as well as in his yellow book, uh, which some of you are, are familiar with, at least they tell me it's yellow, I wouldn't know. Don't ask me what color it is. But I think you know what I'm talking about, those who are, are reading through it. He invites the reader to consider a way how God might be gifting them or what he has given to them by inviting the reader to role play, imagine, if you will, that you are the first person upon the scene of an accident in which a pickup truck's gone off the road. It happened to be carrying, of all things, chickens. And the cages have all busted open and the chickens are running around, not to mention the people who are still in the truck upside down in the ditch. And as he invites you to consider that possibility, he says, what's your first reaction? Are you the kind of person that, that steps right up and says, I can see this entire situation, here's what we got to do. Are you the one who immediately rushes to the assistance of those who would be in the truck to find out how you might be able to administer help? Are you one who starts chasing down the chickens? Are you one who is directing traffic? Or are, are you one who knows the details and starts organizing people? Or making sure that the volunteers are well taken care of so that they can do their job? It's kind of a neat little exercise which perhaps may help someone in determining how is it that I am, quote, wired by God for service. Mr. Scott Mueller, in his role at our church, is inviting us, and, and perhaps you read about this in the Tuesday is Newsday, but you'll be hearing more, 
is inviting us as a congregation to make more and better use of, first of all, um, that which is known as My St. Lawrence, which is a computer-based um, directory but more than that, it's a place where not only can we go and find out information of people's names and addresses and so forth, and, and maybe even see their picture in, in the computer system, but it's also a place where we may have the opportunity to be able to identify and share those gifts which God has given to us. And as such, he has put a link as well for those who would like to take a spiritual gift inventory. Uh, a relatively brief questionnaire in which you respond. And afterwards, it gives you kind of a printout of those areas of gifts in which you may, in fact, be blessed by the Lord. These are, can be, in fact, wonderful ways that we are able to identify what gift or gifts God gives to us in order to fulfill his purposes. And for that we can be very thankful. Having said that. One who studies the scriptures about these spiritual gifts. Is quick to recognize and point out. That when Christians focus very narrowly. On like I said before the lists that are provided in scripture. Or if they look at this list and say, you know, there's some gifts that are, seem to be better than others. More miraculous type ones. And that's what I want to shoot for. Well, that can lead to all sorts of problems. And for that, we have to be cautioned. For example, why is it that in the lists of gifts, St. Paul includes some in this list but not in another chapter? Or why is it that some are overlapped? Or why is it our gifts abilities? Or are they talents we were born with? Or are they special dispensations that the moment we came to faith that we received? As is often cited with those who had the ability to speak in tongues, that came only once they came Christians. So is that the type of spiritual gift we're talking about? Something that I couldn't do before or never knew of, but once I came to faith, now I have? Are you getting confused? That's okay. Because the scriptures do raise these kinds of questions. Is a spiritual gift simply a talent or ability? Or is it a role that someone plays in the church? Or is it an office? As St. Paul says... That he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. So which is it? Well, if you're like me and you study and read these things, sometimes it raises more questions perhaps than what you can have answered. To which I would simply point out, and this is a, a point in the sermon outline, and that is don't get confused or maybe a better word there would be don't get discouraged because the questions that we might ask about such spiritual gifts and lists are very valid but yet we are told to place our confidence and trust in God alone and to allow his spirit 
to move, well, as Jesus says, as the wind blows. We can't always tell where it's coming from or where it's going, but we can see the effects of the Spirit's work. In 1 Corinthians 12, there is a list of spiritual gifts. And it begins with this. It talks about the gifts to some are given the utterance of wisdom. The utterance of knowledge. Faith. Gifts of healing. Working of miracles. Prophecy. Ability to distinguish between spirits. Various kinds of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. Later in the chapter, near the end of chapter 12, St. Paul gives this list. He says, for the Spirit has given first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, then helping, administrating various kinds of tongues. In Romans chapter 12, he gives some different gifts listed there, including service, exhorting, contributing, Leading acts of mercy. There is a danger in trying to limit the Holy Spirit in how the Holy Spirit works. And if someone is not able to, quote, find their gift listed in the list that is given in the scriptures, it is good to be pointed out that this is not intended to be an exhaustive list. This is not intended to be the one and only list of gifts that God's Spirit has ever given. In fact, perhaps the Spirit throughout time gives certain gifts to people for certain specific purposes for certain ages. And then maybe those gifts are not needed anymore. But maybe the Holy Spirit raises up others with other gifts at a later time, again, to serve the Lord. Don't get confused. Some in the Christian church, as you may be aware, have come to an understanding that would say, like in the book of Acts, the four examples that there are of the Holy Spirit coming upon believers in miraculous ways, namely speaking in tongues, that needs to be every Christian's experience. And although you may be a Christian with faith in Christ, you haven't truly become a born-again, spirit-filled Christian until such time as you speak in tongues. Don't get confused. That is not what the scriptures teach. As well-meaning, as well-intended as those thoughts may be, the scriptures do not teach that. The scriptures teach that the Spirit gives gifts. And that the ultimate goal of such gifts is that the body of Christ may confess Christ. And that's another point on your outline. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in fact, begins this whole discussion of spiritual gifts with that understanding. No one can say Jesus is cursed if he has the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, Paul says, nobody can say Jesus is Lord unless he has the Holy Spirit. Confess Christ 
is what the goal of whatever gifts we may have of the Spirit is. To confess Him. To share with others what it is that Christ has done in our lives. And how He continues to work. There's another point there. That is... That there really is no such thing as somebody having a gift of the Holy Spirit without ever using it. It's only a gift to God's people and the church when a spiritual gift is used. And so that third bullet point is simply this. Use it. Whatever gift you may have. Some of you... Uh, many of you perhaps were aware of it and, and maybe any number of you were present last night at the uh, third annual St. Lawrence School Auction held up at the uh, Bavarian and Lodge in the uh, composer's room. Uh, wonderful turnout, many, many things that were there with the sole purpose of raising support and financial assistance to our St. Lawrence School so that our school can continue to be as good as it possibly can be in teaching not just all of the basic uh, subject matters of, of math and reading and science and social studies, but especially of religion, but even more than that, of throughout the day being a place where God's people can live as Christians and confess their faith and where witnesses can be made by teachers and others to know what it means to live a Christian life. And so a huge thank you to all who were involved with that and who all participated because that function last night, if there was any gift on display, it would have to be one of those that was listed in Romans chapter 12, namely the gift of contributing or generosity. Literally tens of thousands of dollars were raised to support the work and ministry of St. Lawrence School and May God be praised for that. But it occurred to me just how much of a spiritual gift, so to speak, it must be for someone to bid on a particular item in general. You see, there's this group of pastors who for the last three years have called themselves the St. Lawrence Friars who auction off a steak fry where the pastors will do the cooking for one lucky person who can invite some of their friends over and provide all the fixings. And as that bidding was going on, I couldn't help but think, either these people are crazy or it truly is a spiritual gift to be able to so generously support the work that is happening in order to have the privilege of having a meal prepared by those particular clergy and knowing who it is that's actually going to be touching their food and so forth and preparing it, that truly has to be a spiritual gift. Having said that, there is no question that God has gifted his church in so many different ways. And perhaps it is through the ability to give above and beyond how God has blessed us. Maybe it is in, in having a desire to help people in a certain way. Is it something that we receive when we're born? Is it something we receive when we come to faith? Perhaps. Maybe some have been blessed with a, quote, miraculous type of spiritual gift. If so, 
It should be used to build up the body of Christ. And that's the final point. That the working of the Holy Spirit is not for an individual's benefit or glory, but rather to build up the body. To use whatever it is that the Holy Spirit gives in order to make sure that the body of Christ flourishes, does what it's supposed to do, and that is to confess Christ in how we live. What a blessing to know that each one of us has been, in fact, gifted by God, the Holy Spirit, to serve him and others. May we do so. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.